So if you have a conversation with your horse every time you get into the saddle, it stands to reason that horse riding is like a language. But you see, there's not just one language. There's lots of different languages and there's lots of different dialects within each of those different languages. It's all very confusing. So you could imagine how confusing it would be for a horse to suddenly meet somebody who speaks a completely different language to everything they know. You see, I think that's exactly what happens to thoroughbreds when they leave the racetrack and begin their next career. They just don't know. Hey there, and welcome to the Daily Strides podcast. My name is Lorna Leeson. I'm an equestrian trainer and coach, and I help riders all over the world have better conversations with their horse. You see, I think if you know a little bit more, pretty much stands to reason that you can then go and explain that to your horse a little bit better. Okay, today I want to dive into four areas that I feel are really important when it comes to retraining your X-Race horse, your OTTB, your thoroughbred. In fact, I think each of these areas is so important that if you miss one or you skip through it, you're like, oh, you know what, not so important, hey? It's gonna come back and bite you in the bum because when pressure is applied and pressure being anything that either does not go to plan, okay, and how often does that happen, hey? So things don't go to plan or when you actually put more energy inside of the channel that you and your horse have created, well, it's going to show up pretty quickly if you've not done the work here in each of these four key areas. They are that important. So when you think about working with your OTTB or your X-Race horse, please, please, please make sure that you are covering these four areas. So the very first area that I want to talk about today has to do with boundaries and what you are communicating to your horse regarding what's okay and what's not so okay. Because at the end of the day, if you have not gotten really clear on what you want and what you don't want, what you like and what you don't like, you know, the simple things. If you haven't gotten clear on that, or if you're a little bit wishy-washy and up and down, so it depends on the mood and the day and the energy levels and what you had for dinner last night or whatever else, okay, you are going to confuse your horse and you're going to end up with issues further down the road because horses work very well inside of set boundaries. Hey, anybody really does, okay? So it's not just the horses. So it's important to set the boundaries. Now, the boundaries can be as tight or as loose as you want. What is important is that you know where they are and that you communicate that effectively to your horse, okay? So very often horses when they come from the track, the boundaries around certain things are, ah, they're fairly loose. Things like standing at the mountain block to mount up. (laughs) I don't even know if they have a mounting block when your horse is at the track. Usually your horse is allowed to continue to walk and the person will just vault up, okay? So it's important to recognize that, that when your horse comes to you, unless you're going to do the work to actually show him what you want, You don't really get to complain that he's not doing what you want. It's just that he doesn't understand it. I find that it's really helpful to keep in mind that whatever my horse is doing at any point is because either somebody trained him to do that and wanted him to do that and expected him to do that or vice versa. 
nobody told him he's not to do that okay and when I take the responsibility for that and I realize okay I actually haven't clearly um, communicated what I want and what my expectations are that's where I can then begin to take back over the whole if you want where the conversation is going the gist of the conversation with the horse so that I can actually bring it back to where I want it and help it then going forward from there so keep that in mind with regards to your boundaries I don't necessarily think as I said horses are naughty or bold or, or any of those things I just think they just don't know. So it's really important that we help them with that. Okay, the second area that I feel we have a lot of work to do where it comes to reschooling our horse is to do with the aids. Both introducing aids that potentially had not been there before and also introducing a new balance of aids. So basically how different aids work together in order to ask specific questions, in order to get specific results. And also then retraining or reschooling existing aids that your horse has. So it's how you are using the aids. Remember, that is your specific dialect within whatever type of riding that you want to do you have a unique style you have a unique way of riding your horse has to learn to understand what it is that you're saying above anybody else what anybody else is telling him or whatever anybody else has told him in the past he needs to learn to understand what you're telling him right now one of the areas that I see many riders they almost kind of forget about this is where the half halt is concerned and you'll have many riders and they complain my thoroughbred my OTGB my ex-racehorse my retired racehorse whatever you want to call them the horse that came from the racetrack he won't listen to the half halt is it possible that he just does not know what the half halt is? I think it is. So, and I think then that you need to take it back a step or three. You need to go back to actually introducing your whole seat aids. I would start actually first with your leg aids, your seat aids, your weight aids. And then from there, being able to begin to introduce the half halt, being able to begin to introduce why you're using it, what you expect to happen. That is part of retraining. It's a really important part. And I've just taken one aid, the half halt, okay? And I've spoken about it there. But if you apply this to all of the aids, think about your legs. Hmm, that can be a confusing one, okay? Um, I think it's really important to understand that and to understand that it's not going to happen overnight. Yes, there will be certain aids that he kind of sort of understands and it's kind of sort of the same, but you need to then get to the point where you refine everything to what you're saying and how you write. That's important. Okay, the third part that I think it's really important that you spend time when it comes to retraining your horse is the contact contact when your horse is at the track is very different to contact when we are riding for pleasure or fun or sport okay sport being we're just doing a little bit of maybe small competitions things like that okay it is different and it's up to you to begin to redefine the contact conversation now I'm a big believer that when we're re-schooling um, thoroughbreds or retired racehorses we have to understand that they will have a tendency towards heaviness and pulling, okay? 
And what you'll find is that generally what triggers this is the rider picking up the contact, which you're saying, but Shalorna, I need the contact. Oh, I know, which is why it needs to be retrained. Now, one of the best ways that I find to begin working on this is on the lunge. And that's why I put a lot of focus on using lunging work, correct lunging work, not running in circles. Can we just emphasize this one, okay? Correct lunging work um, in order to reschool and retrain horses with regards to the contact. I feel that it's good, but also then riding itself. And you can use groundwork to reschool contact as well. It's very important. Okay, the fourth and final one that I want to speak about today that I feel is really important and that being honest, most riders forget about because it's not something that we see as being you know, it's not kind of there and present all the time. It's one of those things that just kind of, I don't know, sneaks up on us. And that's leaving the herd. So remember, when your horse was at the racetrack, okay, and and even before he was ever at the racetrack, a good portion of his life he was expected to stay with the herd. So from even being born, I'm going to assume in a stud, so a thoroughbred stud farm, all the foals and the mares would have been together and then the yearlings. And, you know, it was kind of this, he was always with his herd. And then when he went training, there would have been the horses in the stables beside him. There would have been the the lot of horses or the group of horses that he would have been ridden out with while he was doing his maybe pre-training work. And then inside of training itself, he would have had always been with other horses and he would have been almost like expected to keep up with the other horses. Now you can imagine how if you're on the trail and you wanted to you know slow down a little bit while the others carried on a little bit that would be well it would be conflicting to your horse. He would think no gosh no we'd have to keep up I tell you what, I've got this one sorted. And that's where a lot of things, I don't know, I feel there's a breakdown in communication that happens for many riders of retired racehorses. It's really important that your horse, first of all, learns to trust you and is happy to be with you, but also learns that he needs to be able to leave the herd and that it's okay to leave the herd. In fact, it's expected of him to be able to leave the herd. The other place that this often shows up is when riders go to their first competition or their first show and they have to leave the practice arena and go into the arena, whatever they're doing, by themselves. There can be a bit of an issue there often if this has not been tackled. I think it's really important to get to that. And this is why when we are retraining racehorses it is a long-term project trust is not going to be built overnight trust and the confidence the partnership between horse and rider that will allow the horse to eventually feel confident enough to not be with the herd and to feel confident enough to to really and truly be with the rider and whatever they're doing that takes time and that is also why i personally feel that retraining a racehorse or taking on an ex-racehorse, an OTTB, a retired racehorse, is one of the most fulfilling things you can do as a rider, but it also is one of the most challenging because it does require a huge amount of consistency, a huge amount of patience, and a huge amount of compassion and focus from you as well. Not to mention the time, okay? Now, if you're interested in finding out a little bit more about specifically the conversation with you and your horse if you have an OTTB surrounding contact 
I'm going to invite you to go over. I've got a free audio training that you can use to help you to redefine the contact conversation with your OTTB. You can find it over at stridesforsuccess.com forward slash checklist. Okay, I'm going to leave it at that. Have a great day. Keep well. I'll chat to you soon. Be good. Bye.